Cartoons, the animated frontier. These are the voyages of the Cellcast podcast. It's continuing mission to explore strange new cartoons, to seek out new animation styles and new creative storytelling methods, to boldly go where so few ever go again. And now, starting this August, a new adventure from the Cellcast podcast. The Cellcast, the animated series. Throughout the month of August, Jacob and Drew will review the animated series Star Trek Lower Decks as it releases on CBS All Access. Join us, because resistance is futile. The Cellcast, the animated series. Every Tuesday on your favorite podcast catcher. New show, same RSS feed. episode of The Cellcast. Joining me today is a man who's just curious where the pickles are. Where is the giant jar of pickles? Jacob. Good one. <laughs> Why, thank you. I'd like to introduce our co-host, a man of many talents, a man of rigorous stature, and for some reason can't push the right button. Welcome, Drew. <laughs> Help it if Mr. Coffee and Mr. <laughs> Radar look exactly alike. You, I'd be like, you designed it that way. I'm not. I was actually making a Spaceballs reference that happened. <laughs> that I'm convinced they stole this from, but probably. Uh, so, Jacob, how are you doing, today? man? I am. I'm doing very well. Uh, for some reason, I was having a little bit of uh, sleep apnea for some reason, like for two days straight. I was like, why am I so tired? And so the other night, the wild parties you've been attending. Oh, yes, absolutely. You know, the. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) 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 Oh, no, but, uh, yeah, what was it? We were going to report on Saturday for uh, other other Yes, for, well. Uh, we were recording on a project that we just released today, or really last night. Yeah, we as did. of the recording of this. Yes, but uh, continue with your story. Okay, so we were report on Saturday, but I got home, I got done with work, and then went and pulled up bread for a friend of mine at a place that shall not be named. It is the Mart of Wall. The Mart of Wall. Okay, yes. that's that's an interesting one. So I get home, I'd be like, well, if it was Wally World, it'd be closed because uh, they're remodeling. Okay. This is another reference you didn't get. No, I didn't. <laughs> I don't know why I'm making all these references to comedy movies that I know you won't get. <laughs> I was making a reference to Vacation because oh. they go to, they're trying to get to Wally World. Yeah. Which, of course, I'm thinking because I grew up in Texas. Yeah. That's Walmart. Yeah. But it's actually, well, they filmed it at Six Flags uh, Magic Mountain, but it's very obviously supposed to be land. <laughs> Hmm, the okay. guy, the guy who plays the uh, plays Walt, the, the the owner of itself, looks strikingly like Walt Disney, <laughs> and it's in California. And uh, he did take his family on vacation to Florida recently, hmm. but they don't close down the state of Fed. No, they don't. They just close down Disney World. Yeah. Anyway, anyways, <laughs> so we were going to record, and so 
be like, I, you know, I'd be like, oh, okay, I text Drew. It's like, hey, be like, I'll be over in a couple of minutes. And I sit down, and my body goes, thunk. There yeah. was your first mistake. You should have yeah. just walked on over here. We could have gotten everything done. You'd have fallen asleep while we were in the middle of uh, Lego Batman. Yeah, that would have been Lego, fun. Lego DC supervillains, technically. Yeah. That like, would have been me. It's like, Jacob, you need to jump back up on that thing. Jacob, ja- oh, you're asleep. <laughs> Jacob! Uh, <laughs> that, that jump! Was- Press X! <laughs> okay, jump. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> so, anyways, anyways, be like, I, you know, give, uh, what was it? That was Saturday, Sunday. Be like, church, and then go home, get some food. Go over his go over to Drew's place here in Studio B, mm-hmm. and to record our first episode of the animated series. Yeah, and which would be like if you if you haven't had a chance, go go show. listen to it right now. It's right back if you're on. It's on the podcast feed. It should be the episode right before the one you're currently listening to. Yes. it has a different uh, logo album art. art. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, go check it out. We're uh, we are. Uh, going through Star Trek Lower Decks. Yes. On CBS All Access. It, the first episode comes out this Thursday. So this first episode was just us talking about the trailers. Yeah. And a couple little interesting things, including the cast. Yeah. So That we assume is the major characters. We don't yeah. really know yet. No, we don't. So it's, it's a big mystery to all of us right now. Probably maybe some, maybe a lot to others, I, maybe. I know a, to myself. what little I know, and admittedly, I am not looking stuff up. I, I, what little I looked up for that episode was uh, very well tiptoeing around stuff. Gotcha. But I don't think they actually have list, posted anything of any spoilers so far. Yeah. That's what's going on in my life. What about you? Oh, work's been work. It's slow at the moment, thankfully. Though we did get a new printer, mm. so it's been fun learning how to use that. Yeah. Uh, off work wise, uh, I have, I, I don't know if I've talked about this on the show yet, but uh, up there at the church, you know, normally I sing in the choir. Right. But because of current circumstances and the fact that we have two services right now, yes. and honestly, how do you plan that and Sunday school and all that stuff? And plus, not every one of us in the choir has got a can sing for two hours. Yeah, if we're being honest, right? Uh, yeah. So we haven't had choir since March, since this whole since uh, this whole thing hit. So back in into June, I got a text from the choir director saying, "Hey, uh, do you want to learn how to work some of the new AV equipment?" I said, "Well, sure." I'd love to help. Otherwise, I'm just yeah. going to be sitting sitting around bored. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I can sit around bored in a church. That's easy to do. <laughs> well, I mean, I can sit. You know what I mean. Right. I mean, yeah. I, but if I can help in some way and serve in some way, I, I'm happy to. Yeah. And so he says, well, how do you feel about the broadcast booth? Um, for those of you who don't know, I mean, it's got to all that stuff's got to be mixed when it goes out to the streams. Mm-hmm. At our, especially at our church. Uh, so I have been learning how to operate the broadcast booth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Same How many times have you done it, though? Have um, you, or, and have you, outside of the Wednesday night, you got uh, I did it. One, I did it one other time after that. Okay. Now, uh, and I'm did, doing did, it. The, I'm doing it this Sunday. 
Awesome. Uh, did you actually operate it or did you just observe? No, I operated it. Okay. So I, uh, the first time I just watched for both services. Yeah. Second time I watched for one and a half services and then he said, you want to run it for during Dr. Mike's uh, sermon? I said, sure. Yeah. That That's fairly easy. <laughs> yeah, you think. Until <laughs> you realize, oh, I don't know Dr. Mike's tells that well to know which side of the mm. podium he's going to. Yeah. So you're, so you you think okay, he's about to go to the right. I'll switch to camera one. Crud, he's not moving, <laughs> and I'm just getting the sight of his face. Move. Uh, it's like where's the taser? Move, Mike. <laughs> it's just that I, I I don't know his tells yet. I am still very inexperienced yeah. with running it. But this last Sunday for second service. I did have it from the beginning of the second service to the end of it. So cool. Going in there, hitting record on the recorder, uh, hitting the button to turn the audio on. So none of the copyrighted music that we can't broadcast doesn't go out. Yeah. Don't want copyright. Don't want that. And then, uh, just keeping talking to people saying, okay, I'm switching to camera one, camera two, go ahead and set up for a wide shot. (laughs) Yeah. And things like, like camera one, go switch, go to, I can't think of her name. And I probably shouldn't say her name on the show because I don't know how much she wants that out there. But anyway, yeah, <laughs> different singers on the, on the, yeah. on the, uh, on the platform. I'll say that. Miss um, E and Miss A. Exactly. Uh, I feel horrible. Or Miss anyway. T. <laughs> well, she wasn't, T I don't think was up there Sunday. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I did get to do that and I had fun doing that. It's a, it's a different sort of experience right because you're focused on trying to get stuff done but at the same time you're going that's a very good point i enjoy that's a good sermon i'm enjoying this or ah the music's doing okay okay there you go mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's it although i think i may have overdone it a little during all three of the slow songs this last sunday with the auto fade because mm. it, it, it didn't feel right to use the the sharp cut yeah on uh oh what was that last song um uh, it's a hymn oh uh, that normally we put a chorus in there because we're taking using somebody else's but they actually did the original hymn this last sunday oh that would have been uh, uh how great thou art how great was it how great thou art i think so yeah i don't think it was how great thou art but that doesn't matter yeah let's just say it was how great thou art yeah because it's the same difference uh I was, it didn't feel right the way it was uh, shifting to use a sharp cut to go between singer and piano and other side of the stage. So I was using fade. But the thing is, there were three songs that were slow enough that I thought the fade was a good idea. So I just used fade the whole time. And because we had a guest preacher who was using NIV instead of ESV this week... We had some trouble with the uh, yeah, I heard about the that. lower thirds. I heard about that. Which is where you know they put up the uh, the scripture for people to read it who are too lazy to pick up their Bibles. Yeah, and follow along with the preacher like you're supposed to. Come on, people! You know you you at least have it on your phone. <laughs> you can keep up. Sorry, little things that bug me. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, that's that was a little bit interesting. Yeah. So first service, they were still using ESV. That yeah. was what was funny. Yeah. In the second service, they got it formatted on there, and then all of a sudden, the little part that tells you where the scripture is, like, uh, what was this, Matthew? Yeah, it's Matthew. Somewhere in Matthew. Uh-huh. Normally, it's at the bottom of the screen, centered, underneath the scripture. Well, this time, it was floating about two, 
well, on my screen look like about two inches above the podium, the the, the pulpit. So right. I'm thinking, well, at least it's centered. That is true. <laughs> at least it's centered. And so it looks like we planned it that way until they didn't have it lower thirds working the second time he brought the scripture <laughs> up. It's like, well, tartar sauce. <laughs> anyway, so that's oh. been my, that's what, what I've been doing. I got gotcha. you. Um, just since I'm already talking, I'll go ahead and talk about what I've been watching. Mm. Uh, because we've been working on Lower Decks, I've been in a Star Trek mood. Just, just a little just bit. A little bit. Uh, I have watched through the first eight episodes of Star Trek Enterprise. Yeah. I have not seen these episodes since they originally aired in 2001. Hmm. For whatever reason. I think yeah. I was not... At the time, I don't think I was really keyed into the show very much until like season three. Hmm. Except for a couple episodes here and there because... I remember episodes, some of the, some of this stuff, and yet I don't remember it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so I've been watching through that. I just finished the episode Civilization, which was the first one in which they actually bring up the fact that, hey, maybe we should not have cultural contamination in a pre-warp society. Maybe mm. that's a bad idea. And, of course, we don't have a choice because someone's trying to – So if someone's not careful, they're going to poison everybody with the leaking uh, – hydraulic fluid or whatever that's seeping into the water supply from their badly made uh, mining operation that's yeah. illegal. Yeah, spoiler alert for Star Trek Enterprise from 2000. Not a spoiler. <laughs> but anyway. Either way. Uh, so I've been watching some of that. I've been watching, of course, uh, uh, some s- stuff for a later on project, on a later on t- animated series project. Okay. Well, we can say that much. Okay. Um, so... I- I watched that, but then we didn't get to record it because you yep. were too tired. So we'll do that later. Yeah. Um, other than that, uh, that's pretty much what I've watched. What I need to watch is uh, epi- the last couple episodes of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because that se- series finale is coming up here in the next week or so. Oh, okay. I've been following it since it came out, so I might as well finish. And right. this last season has been so stinking good. Hmm. I'll take your word at it. Because I, I'd be like, I've watched, I watched Ages of Shield when it first came out, like the first few episodes, mm-hmm. and then it's like, Meh. well, that's the problem with the first season. And I'll admit, the first season has a big problem. That problem is they couldn't do anything until Winter Soldier came out. True, <laughs> because they were, so they were kind of on hold. They were introducing concepts and giving us some interesting stories, and actually going into how on earth Agent Coulson is still alive. After he got killed by Loki. Although I actually loved uh, something they said in a recent episode. It's like, you know, you keep dying. It's like resurrection is your superpower. I've heard that. <laughs> I've heard that quote. Uh, but that's been a fun show. I hate to see it go, but I understand why it's going now. Because honestly, I have... N- the Where, where the story is going, there's no way I think they could pick up another season from them. And that's the thing. There's probably only one, five actors from season one that are still on the show. Oh. Everyone else is a different character. Hmm. Okay. And one of them, of those five, they keep mentioning his character, but they but because he's hiding out somewhere, he's not been in a single episode this season. Which tells me he wanted too much money. <laughs> Sounds like it. But they couldn't kill him yet. They'll save him for the series finale, probably. Right. But anyway, that's what I need to be watching. I just hadn't done it yet. So, gotcha. Jacob, what have you been watching, All if right. anything? All right. So, um, 
we had mentioned Sunday. We had mentioned Sunday at the Bible study. So after the Bible study, normally we watch normally some kind of anime that's normally say, okay, we finished the Bible study. Let's watch anime. What do you want to watch? I don't know. No. The only thing that came to mind was Outlaw Star, but yeah. three of us good. had already watched it. So yeah. good series. It's a good way. series. Y'all should it, people yeah, should watch, watch it. That's it. a fun one. Uh, so we ended up watching one I had only ever seen one episode of before. Yeah. So go ahead. All right. So, correct me wrong. It's uh, what is it, Rosa Rosario plus vampire? vampire. Yeah, or Rosa- Rosario and vampire. Yeah. I think is the is, e- yeah. is the Japanese name. Yeah. Either way. So apparently, it's this, this guy who apparently can't get into high school or college. He failed all his entrance exams. Yeah. So he so he can't. And go, it's high he, school. So he can't go into high school. Mm-hmm. So his dad gets this spoiler for the first episode. Um, so he gets this thing from this like shady guy in a back back alley. It's like, oh, you're going to high school. They didn't tell him it was a high school full of monsters. Well, you would have thought since the name of the high school was Yokei or Yokai High. Yeah, you would. You would think he'd know because Yokai is the Japanese name for monster. Sure. <laughs> You don't believe me? There is an entire series of video games about catching these things. Yeah, that's a kind of a rip off of Pokemon, but it's actually doing almost pretty well in Japan. Oh, okay. It's given Pokemon a run for its money in Japan. Oh, it just failed to make any over here because of how, how much the Japanese culture was in it. I gotcha. So we start we start watching this, and it's basically what you would call a harem. It's a har- it is definitely a harem. Yeah, it's a harem anime. Which all that means is this one guy somehow has all these beautiful ladies falling in love with him. Yeah. And by the end of the show, presumably he has to pick one of them. Yeah. But because it's a harem, he never does. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, be like he he be like the the first person he meets be like, "Oh, you're gorgeous. Oh, you're a vampire. You want to suck my blood." <laughs> Well, he didn't know she was a vampire. Yeah. When he first met her. Yeah. And then and he thought she was joking when she bit him. It's like, oh, it didn't break the skin. It must. I must have been. Uh, I, I must have been imagining something. Right. She just thinks she's a vampire. Right. She's really just another human. It's just weird. Yeah. He's saying this on the shores of a blood red sea. Yeah. <laughs> so the, a the sea of blood. The I think we watched like. Four episodes, four or five episodes. Four or five episodes. Yeah, laughing my tail end off, mostly because of the hamster bat. Oh, the hamster bat! I posted on the uh, the uh, the Facebook page. So yeah, that was probably my favorite character of mm-hmm. all from the, se- the episodes I watched. It was a. F- it was. It's definitely not kid friendly oh, in, in no. so many ways. No. Uh, so definitely for more like an adult audience, or so, may- maybe if you're more sensitive to more like things, yeah, like you may not want to watch it. Although, here's from my th- opinion, it was funny. <laughs> here's the fun part. You know how in a lot of these types of shows, yeah, they have the shower scene or yeah. something similar to where he accidentally walks in on the girl. Oh yeah. And there happens to be steam in the way of all the naughty bits. Yes. The steam was not what was in the way of the naughty bits in this show. In the episode I remember seeing pictures from. Yeah. It was the hamster bats. Okay. Talking about what they were actually saying. Oh, uh, gosh. Of course, they have lines. I don't remember what they were, but and you can guess. It's probably something effective. We're hiding you from getting... 
we're, we're, uh, we're trying to keep this thing rated PG. Wee. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. It was, it was a fun show. Yeah, and uh, got to watch a few of those more a few episodes of that, and then. With my internet being off because I haven't took my internet up yet because I was borrow I was there, there, the, per- the person you were borrowing from moved away, didn't they? Yes, they did. I had a feeling. <laughs> my neighbor moved away too, huh? And he left all his crap out on the front lawn all night. Oh, fun! Yeah, thankfully it was gone when I got back from work today. <laughs> okay. Huh? Wish I saw it. But uh, no, you don't. Okay, I saw it. You don't. <laughs> okay, well, never mind then. All right, so then you know, I was like, okay. What? Unless you really like the smell of cigarette smoke. Oh, never mind. I get ch- I get choked up just being around it. Either way, so with that being said, be like, I've got several, several series that I've watched before. And I was like, oh, what do I want to pop in? It's like Inuyasha sounds good. Ah, oh, there you go. <laughs> and so for some of you, it's like Inu what? <laughs> Inuyasha, it's, a, it's an older anime. It was by it, it's it by was, Clamp, right? No, that's not a Clamp show. That's um, I'm drawing a blank. Either way, it's not that company either. No, it's not. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank company. Hey, there are stranger names. There are. There are. I agree. Stuff. I agree. Um, but it's basically this young girl gets sucked down a well, a demon well, and it winds up in feudal Japan. She winds up. Becoming smitten, this half demon called Inuyasha, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, it was written by Rumiko Takahashi. Okay, was the manga artist. Okay, so it's the the their adventures and the people they travel with, and trying to find these sacred jewel shards, which is part of a, a jewel itself, and so they got to reunite it, and it's the shenanigans and adventures of that. And I'm trying to go these through season three and. I might. I don't know why. Be like, I was drawn to this series for some odd reason. Don't ask me why. Like, I, I like the adventure. Maybe, I, I maybe in my mind, I didn't quite get the connection. This is more like a romantic comedy, which I don't. I'm, I don't no problem with romantic comedies. There's, this, I don't know why. I I enjoy the, I enjoy the show, and I I enjoy it. So, yeah, Inuyasha. All right. That's all you've had a chance to watch? Yep, that's it. Okay. So, that should take us straight into the news. What do we got there? All right. All right. So, we are getting a few new uh, anime movies coming out. Are mm-hmm. primarily television and directed uh, directed video. All right. So, the German Berlin animated feature, Latte and the Magical Waterstone... I'm not making this up. This is what it's called. Uh, Hopefully when it comes to America, we'll have a better name. Uh, no, that is the name. No, I mean, sometimes this stuff does get renamed when yeah. it comes over here. Yeah. Debuted on Netflix this past Friday. Never mind. It's Netflix. <laughs> it's Netflix, so you get that odd name. So, uh, 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 the children's show based on a book by Sebastian Labock. And follows the adventure of a hedgehog named Latte and his anxious squirrel friend named Tinji, who set out uh, to reclaim a magical stone stolen by a bear king. We have the chance to chat with... When he gets seven of these stones, does he turn yellow? <laughs> I don't think so. Are there rings involved? No. Is there a mad scientist who looks suspiciously like a fat Drew Carey? No. Oh, 
Drew Carey. <laughs> Drew Carey. Jim Carey. <laughs> Jim Carey. Like no. Fat Drew Carey. It's like, <laughs> gee, we know what he looks like. Uh, he actually got a lot skinnier later on. I but. know. I've seen recent. I've seen recent episodes of uh, The Price Is Right, but it, let's face it, we all know what he, we think he looks like. Yeah. So either way, be like that is currently on Netflix. I, the, I saw it and I was like, that is an interesting title. I want to know more about it. Okay. So, um, all right. So DC, uh, DC Warner Brothers is doing something very interesting with a more current release. Okay. All right. So they are releasing uh, an iconic DC uh, DC canon, including the first interactive film presentation from Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. History come to animation life in DC Showcase, Batman: Death in the Family. Uh, okay, produced by Warner uh, Warner Brothers Animation DC anthology of 2019 to 2020. Uh, oh, I know what they're doing. Keep going. Yeah, uh, we get a chance to decide if we want to kill Jason Todd again or not. You're correct. <laughs> That's the only thing. Yeah, there's there's a few more. Far sure as there's a couple others, but it's like. Congratulations! You get a chance once you get a chance to try again to save Jason Todd. Will you? <laughs> no, we won't because we killed him the first time. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that uh, anthology. If uh, we don't kill him again, how will he not be the Red Hood? Mm-hmm. All right. So this anime shorts will arrive uh, on Warner Brothers Home Video on Blu-ray for twenty-four ninety-five. And uh, on digital for on uh, starting October nineteenth. I just want to point out there that the reason I groaned when you said "death in the family," yeah, was because in my mind I was actually thinking of "death of the family," yes, which was the second story arc in uh, Batman's New Fifty Two run after Court of Owls. Yeah, and I hated it. Really, not because it was badly written. Yeah, but because it's like. This is the most psychotic thing I have ever read. And that is saying something. Okay. Because there's something pretty bad back in my back there that I wish I'd never read. Yeah. This was worse. It's like, this is the most disturbing thing I have ever read. It's like, you can't do any of this. And it, because you're going to ruin lots of crap. And that's what I thought you were doing, because it's after, you know, Joker got his face ripped off. Yeah. And then someone steals his face. Yeah. The Joker does. Yeah. I hated that book. <laughs> All right. So this uh, very first venture into interaction storytelling that allows fans to choose where the story goes throughout this uh, narrative guided by the viewer's remote control. Is this on HBO Max uh, or on like DVD? Uh, it's it's on Blu-ray and digital, right? It'll be on Blu-ray and digital by October thirteenth. Uh, okay, so probably it it it'll be like one of those old DVD games where something's going on. That says you now can choose. Do you does he go? Does Jason Todd Todd get killed over here, or does Jason Todd get killed over here? Yeah, <laughs> pick one, and then it will just choose that chapter that you pick. Yeah. It'll be like uh, Dragon's Lair. Yeah, pretty much. Except not timed. Mm. I bet. Prob. I don't know. Maybe. It's like you guys like. Do we let the, do do we let Batman get uh, get him out of the thing or not? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just convinced everyone's gonna kill Jason Todd again. Mm. All right. 
so with that out of the way, all right, so Global Kids and Family Entertainment leaders Wild Brain has teamed up with renowned filmmaker, screenwriter, and actor Kevin Smith to develop an original animated series based on the classic hero, classic superhero franchise, The Green Hornet. Ah. Developed for a family audience, the project will feature uh, classic Green Hornet elements that fans know and love, including the ultra-high-tech car, The Black Beauty. Set in contemporary times, the series will develop in some uh, some exciting new elements as the follow. Basically, we're getting new uh, a new Green Hornet, a stuff. new Green Hornet. Awesome. All right. So uh, apparently, Kevin Smith talked about this on his uh, his podcast, uh, uh, Fat Man Beyond. Mm-hmm. So apparently, that's something he's. I love working. how he keeps changing the name. He does. <laughs> it's Kevin Smith. What do you expect? Yeah. So we will uh, eventually. That will come out. Let's see, yeah, so you can, ch- uh, yeah, so go check it out. Uh, you can go and check out, uh, go to youtube.com slash Kevin Smith, and you can just look up uh, Fat Man Beyond and, you know, listen or watch that uh, episode. All right. get more information about that. And so, uh, something I posted on the Facebook page, uh, uh, or like Saturday or something like that. I can't remember which. But, um, Pixar Animated Studios announced today, or somebody last week, that its new newest animated feature release is Loco. Loca. Loca? Loca. Thank you. I think it's Loca. Yeah. I didn't know. L-U-C-A. The... Yeah. Loca. Loca. I guess. All right. So this will be set uh, to be released in theaters in the United States uh, June 18, 2021. Okay. All right. So, if you want to go, uh, if you want to go find out more about this uh, this new project, you can go uh, go check it out on our uh, go check it out on our Facebook page, and uh, you can click on the link and go read more about it. And it looks interesting. It looks interesting. So, because I've got like a paragraph and a half, or more than a paragraph and a half, of describing this thing. It, it's it looks like a fun little story. So go check it out. And so I think this is the news. Oh yeah. Here we go. Alright, so we are we recently did this film uh, a couple of weeks back. So apparently fans can be excited for the twenty fifth anniversary of one of the most critically acclaimed anime films of all time when Ghost in the Shell arrives on four K Ultra H D combo pack plus Blu ray and digital four K Ultra H D. Nice. On, on September 18th from Lionsgate. Um, now, this, this is the steel, original version, not the yes. This is remake. The, this is the original. Okay, just this wanted to verify original, that. And it's in Steelbook. Awesome. Yeah. Yes. Uh, this is the, the most. Uh, yeah. Basically, it's coming out, and so yeah, that's all I got news. Awesome. Just coming out on a. Uh, Nice, pretty picture. Let's use lack of words here. Yes. All right. So, yeah, that's all I've got in the news. All right. So, then we'll move into our spoiler-free section yeah. of the movie Monsters vs. Aliens. Yes. I did see this one in theaters, and that was the only time I saw it before this viewing. Okay. Uh, I remember enjoying it in theaters. Uh, it was a fun fun little movie. It's it's kind of a B-movie, and, not, yeah. and it's not the movie starring Jerry Seinfeld called B movie. But, uh, 
it's it was I thought it was it's a you can't really take this film too seriously. Mm. You really shouldn't take this film too seriously. Yeah. It's meant to be a stupid B movie style science fiction film for kids. Yeah. Don't read too much into it. We are not getting we're not even getting How to Train Your Dragon. No. <laughs> or no. I would say we're not even really getting Shrek. No. Uh, no. It's it's uh, it's an interesting take. It's 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 very it's low key. It's something you should just watch for fun, and that's, it's the kind of thing you should watch with a group of friends. Yeah. To make fun of it while it's while it's going. Agreed. That's how I would say. It. Uh, but it is just a fun movie to watch. It does at least have a logic. It's just very much. Uh, it's got a paper. I think it has a paper thin plot. It does. That is there to uh, be a vehicle for a bunch of jokes they had about monsters fighting aliens. Yeah, pretty much. And everything involved therein. So, yeah, that's really my spoiler free thoughts. It's good, but it's not great. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. What do I say about this movie? That's non-spoiler free. I wasn't the biggest fan of it. There, there are certain elements of the film that I enjoyed. Certain um, character growth I enjoyed about it. Other than that, I really didn't like it. I had a feeling. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's where I will stand at the moment when it comes to the spoiler-free section. So why don't we go ahead and move into the spoiler-filled section of our review? For the movie, Monsters vs. Aliens. The following is a spoiler-filled review for the movie, Monsters vs. Aliens. Listener discretion is advised. Monsters vs. Aliens was written and directed by Rob Letterman and Conan, Conrad Vernon. Rob Letterman ha, uh, has since gone on to make the movie Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Oh, okay. And Conrad Vernon, Vernon had, before this point, done Shrek 2. Okay. Hmm. It was also written by uh, Maya Forbes, who would go on to write, to, uh, to write uh, Trolls World Tour. Wallace... Wolodarski, who also went on to do Trolls World Tour. Jonathan Abel, who would go on to write Kung Fu Panda 2. And Glenn Berger, who would all, who go on to write Kung Fu Panda 2 and 3. The music was written was composed by Henry Jackman, who, along with everything else, also did the music for X-Men First Class. Mm-hmm. Cast includes Reese Witherspoon as Susan Murphy slash Ginormica. Mm-hmm. She played the character of Elle Woods in Legally Blonde and June Carter Cash in Walk the Line. Mm-hmm. Seth Rogen plays Benzoate Ostalizine Bicarbonate, or Bob. Mm. He would later go on to play Pumbaa in the live-action Lion King. Hugh Laurie plays Dr. Cockroach, Ph.D. <laughs> he, was a play- he played, of course, Dr. Gregory House in mm-hmm. House. Mm-hmm. Will Arnett plays the missing link. He is, of course, Batman in the Lego movie and the Lego Batman movie. I'm Batman. Kiefer Sutherland plays General W.R. Monger. Mm. He is, of course, Jack Bauer in 24. Rain Wilson plays Galaxar, and uh, he was Dwight Schrute in The Office. Mm. And 
Her Excellency, the Reverend Sir Dr. Stephen Tyrone Mostef Colbert DFA, heavyweight champion of the world, asterisk, featuring Flo Rider, Le Premier Dame de France, plays the President uh, of the United States. Did I confuse you with that one? Just a little bit. Colbert. Colbert. Yeah, Stephen Colbert, Colbert from the Colbert Report. I just gave every single title the character has on the show. Oh, wow. So let me go back over that again for fun. Her Excellency, the Reverend Sir Dr. Stephen Tyrone Most Deaf Colbert DFA, heavyweight champion of the world, asterisk, featuring Flo Rida, La Première Dame de France. Go look that up, how he got every single one of those, because it's hilarious. Okay. I'll take your word And of it. course, he was played himself on the Colbert Report. Mm-hmm. Paul Rudd plays uh, Derek Dyle. He uh, was, of course, Scott Lang slash Ant-Man mm-hmm. in the MCU. Julie White plays Wendy Murphy, and uh, she was Ju- Judy Witwicky in the Michael Bay Transformers movies. That really was the only other thing she really had done, so I feel mm. very sorry for her. Mm. Uh, Jeffrey Tombor played Carl Murphy. He is Big Nose, Entangled, and Entangled the series. Really? Okay. Yeah. Ed Helms plays the news reporter, and uh, he played the character of Andy Bernard in The Office. Renee Zellweger plays Katie, and uh, she is Bridget Jones in the Bridget Jones Diary franchise. Okay. And her boyfriend was John Krasinski, who played Cuthbert. He is, of course, Jim Halpert in The Office. Got a lot of office. I have a feeling they got Rain Wilson over there. To play him, it's like, hey, I got some other guys who want to come over. Of course, you got to remember, John Krasinski, mm-hmm. he's the one who would star and direct A Quiet Place. Yeah, I remember that. So just an idea as to where he went on to eventually do. Yeah. Uh, what do we got in stuff? Stuff. Box office. Of that box office stuff. All right. So on IEMDB, it has a score out of 10. On Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 70 of Rotten Tomatoes and a percent audience score. All right, so you can watch this currently or subscribe to these, uh, HBO Max and Amazon Prime Video. Production, it was done by DreamWorks Animation by Paramount Paramount Pictures. Uh, Release, originally released, its premiere was in Germany, uh, March 9th, 2019, in Berlin. And, oh yeah, I wrote it down. Uh, In the U.S., it released March 29th, 2019. Box office roll. 2019 or 2009? 2009. Okay. 2009. It's verifying. Yeah. Going into box office, its estimated budget was $175 million. Mm-hmm. Its U.S. weekend release was... Hmm. Yeah. A, a little low. Just, uh, just, just a touch. Just a touch. All right. So its total U.S. gross was $198. Hours. Okay. It made a little over its budget. Just a little. A little bit. It's um, worldwide gross, $381.5 million. Okay. So, basically, it made its budget, but barely. So, that's not including any of the promotionals Mm -hmm. or anything. So, domestically, it didn't do well. And yet, they made a TV show based on this. Yeah, and a ton of little shorts. Yeah. So it must have done... It must have hit well in that demographic, in in the kids' demographic. Yeah. It just didn't get any of the adults in, outside of the ones that had to be there to watch their kids. Right. 
Yeah. All right. So let's get into the summary of this thing. Out beyond the far reaches of space, an unknown planet explodes, which sends a strange quantonium meteorite across the galaxy towards Earth. Meanwhile, Susan Murphy of Modesto, California, is going to be married to news weatherman Derek Deedle. Just before the ceremony, she is struck by the meteorite, and its energy causes her to glow green and grow to an enormous size with her hair turning white during the wedding, resulting in a U.S. military detachment tranquilizing and capturing her. She awakens in a top-secret government facility that houses monsters of which the public are ignorant of, where she meets General W.R. Monger, the army officer in charge of the facility, and her fellow monster inmates, Dr. Cockroach, Ph.D., a scientist who became half-human, half-cockroach after an experiment gone wrong, Bob, or benzoate-ostalizine bicarbonate, a brainless and living mass of blue goo that is the result of food-flavoring mutation, Insectosaurus, a massive bug mutated by nuclear radiation standing 350 feet in height, and The Missing Link, a prehistoric 20,000-year-old fish-ape hybrid who was thawed from deep ice by scientists. Susan herself has been renamed to Ginormica, is forbidden any contact with her friends and family, leaving her feeling increasingly isolated. On a mysterious spaceship in deep space, an alien overlord named Galaxar is alerted to the presence of Quantonium, a powerful energy source, on Earth, and he sends a robotic probe to retrieve it. The probe later lands on Earth, where the President of the United States attempts to make first contact by playing Axel F on it for it. But the probe goes on a destructive rampage, heading straight for San Francisco. Monger convinces the president to grant the monsters their freedom if they can stop the probe. In San Francisco, the robot detects the quantonium radiating through Susan's body and tries to take it from her, putting many lives at risk. At the Golden Gate Bridge, the monsters manage to destroy the probe by using debris from the bridge itself. Galaxar sets a course for Earth to obtain the quantonium in person, while the now-free Susan returns home with her new friends and reunites with her family. However, the monsters alienate themselves from Susan's family due to their inexperience with the real world. While Derek breaks off his engagement with Susan by claiming that he cannot marry someone who would literally overshadow him and his career. Initially heartbroken by this breakup, Susan realizes that her life as a monster is better and promises not to remain short again. Suddenly, Susan is pulled into Galaxar's spaceship. Insectosaurus tries to save her, but is shot down by the ship's plasma cannons, seemingly killing him. On board the ship, Susan breaks free from her prison cell and chases down Galaxar, but is trapped by a machine that extracts the quantonium from her body, shrinking her back to normal size, but not changing her hair color back. Yeah. Galaxar yeah. then uses the extracted quantonium to create clones of himself in order to launch a full-scale invasion of Earth. Monger manages to get the monsters on board the ship, where they rescue Susan and make their way to the main power core where Dr. Cockroach sets the ship to self-destruct to prevent the invasion. All but Susan are trapped as the blast doors close and she personally confronts Galaxar on the bridge. With time running out, she sends the ball of stored quantonium down on herself, restoring her monstrous size and strength. After rescuing her friends, they flee the ship and are rescued by Monger and Insectosaurus, who has morphed into a giant butterfly. The ship then self-destructs, killing Galaxar and his army. Returning to Modesto, Susan and the monsters receive a hero's welcome. Hoping to take advantage of, Su of Susan's fame for his own career, Derek tries to get back together with her, but she rejects him. Monger then arrives to inform the monsters that a new monstrous snail called 
S. Cargantua is slowly making its way to Paris, resulting in the monsters taking off to confront the new menace. I am so happy that I got through that entire thing without having to mark it. Good. Because <laughs> there's a lot of tough words in there with all these fake monster names. There are. So, uh, just to get into my first like, I actually do like the B-movie aspect okay. of this. Uh, if you don't know what I'm referring to, back in the uh, 40s and 50s, I think even the 30s, yeah. uh, theaters, you know, they weren't the big megaplexes that we have now. They showed, we had one auditorium, they showed two movies, the quote-unquote A movie, which was usually the big ones yeah. that everyone would come to, and then the B movie, which was usually... Stuff like Dr. Frankenstein versus the Lake Monster or something like yeah. this. Um, these were all goofy. This is where stuff like Plan 9 from Outer Space came from. Mm -hmm. uh, many of your classic Universal Monster movies came from here. The original Godzilla, when it, when, when the English version was broadcast, was uh, shown in theaters for the first time over here, was technically in a B-movie setting. This kind of cheesy, campy science fiction world I, I appreciate it being in here because they do throw some nice homages to other things such as uh bob obviously being an homage to the blob yeah uh I'm, there's plenty of dr cockroach plenty of things dr cockroach is, is pulled from mostly my thought is the fly yeah uh i think that's the main one actually he's he his he's pulled from uh insectosaurus Obviously, every kaiju movie ever made. Mostly, yeah. you'd think Godzilla, but it's actually Mothra. That makes sense. Uh, is really more what that's pulled from, because they're insects. In insects, obviously, except it's not a goddess being worshipped by little fairies like Mothra is. It's literally an insect that got exposed to a lot of radiation, much like Godzilla. Yeah. Anyway, uh, and then the missing link is, of course, just your standard lake. Uh, underwater sea monster that happened to be frozen for 10,000 years and was thawed. Yeah. Uh, and then I think there was a, a movie called like the 50 foot woman or something like that, which was. obviously was where ginormica came from. And this whole idea of these monster movies being what this pulls from these old monster B movies is just something I appreciate. It's goofy. It's campy. It's not meant to be taken seriously. I do think this is to the film's detriment in many ways, but yeah. I appreciate them at least trying to do something like this. Yeah. But we'll, I'll get into more of that when we get to dislikes. What's your first like? Well, I would like to kind of bounce off your right. It does have that B, the B movie. Be like, I, I do appreciate it for that. Be like, it does have that uh, nostalgic feel to it. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to, you know, bounce off that. My first like about this film. All right. I like the the opening sequence before we get to Earth. Yes. That was beautiful. Be yeah, that was oh my gosh. That was great space animation. Great. Be like the the fact that the movie was shot in 3D. The fact that it was Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> the the This was the first Dreamworks animated movie to be shot in 3D. Thanks, Avatar. <laughs> yeah, just a bit. Just just a tiny bit. Uh, so I, I, I enjoyed that. I, I enjoyed the, the opening sequence before we landed on earth. I'm just going to go there. Okay. That's it. <laughs> what is your number two? My second, like my second, like is the fact that 
when she first wakes up in the government facility, mm-hmm. it's not obvious that she's still giant. No, I mean like it's very well done. It makes you think, oh, she's she's got to be small. She's she's got her her size must have somehow shrank until she steps on a chair. The chair, yeah. And it's like, oh, she's actually fairly big. She's still big, but then there's a little bit of an issue I have with that. Not enough to count it as a dislike, just yeah. something to bring up. She moves a little too fast in some of those sections. I know they're trying to make you not think of her being giant. Yeah. yeah. But I think to some degree they should have kept get letting her have the feel of being giant. Even yeah. though you're intentionally shooting her in such a way where you can't really feel, where, where you're not supposed to think of her as still being giant it should have at least it should have still had the weight of her being that big agreed that's just a little nitpicky thing it's not not as important uh but yeah i I, that scene is one i i enjoyed that one yeah there's a couple other little questions but i'm not going to bring those up right now Mm -hmm. uh but yeah i enjoyed that okay what's your number two my number two would kind of tie in with yours talk about sue i enjoy susan's her her progression as a character. Um, the fact that she, why on earth would you run the same direction that a meteor is coming <laughs> is beyond yeah, me. That's a good question, actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she gains these powers and... If she had just stood, stood still. Exactly. She wouldn't have been hit by this thing. And and she would have gotten married to the worst man possible. Yeah. Uh, and so, Gummer comes in says you no longer have any rights you're be like the family your family doesn't know who you are and oh by the way you're a lab rat now <laughs> also we changed your name we changed your name so yeah say bye to your freedom now go sit in your cell and do nothing mm. and so you you get this like you said this this overwhelming um anxiety like watching her story it's like oh my gosh like the government just swept in because you got mutated and now be like, oh, you're the you're the you're the property of the government. Fun, yeah. And it's it's her journey from be like, this is what I wanted to be. Yeah, I, I wanted to marry this guy, and now I'm kind of I become comfortable with this idea. That now I'm a monster in a way, mm-hmm. or because she was she always kind of struggled with the idea that it's like it's like I'm not a monster. I just got turned into a just large. I'm I'm very tall. Yeah. And so it, then it just becomes, she kind of comes to accept me like, okay, I'm Gigantica? That's her name? Ginormica. Ginormica. Yeah, I'm, I'm, and so I enjoy that aspect. I enjoy Susan's, uh, her arc of, you know, the, the character or the person or the woman she becomes. Mm-hmm. What is your number three? Galaxar. Ah. Galaxar is... Like the most two-dimensional villain they could have possibly gotten for this. True, and yet that works for this story. He's just a villain who wants to take over the world. Why? It's here. I mean, <laughs> honestly, once he gets the uh, whatever the name of that mineral is, yeah, that's name I've forgotten right now. Uh, quantonium. Quantonium. Once he gets the quantonium, he has no reason to stay on Earth. Yeah. And yet he does. He could have left 
and then come back later. Although I guess maybe he, his thought was, we'll go ahead and take over this planet since they already know I'm here and I don't want to deal with an uprising if I have to come back and fight these people later. Mm. Go ahead and take care of business now. And, of course, that ends up being his downfall. So maybe there is some logic to right. it. I still think that as soon as he took the uh, Quantonium out of Susan, he should have opened a trap door that would have dropped her like the Hulk out of a qu- out of the thing. That would have been a smarter idea for yeah, him. That's true. Um, not not the most ingenious of villains. No, but it works. It does. Uh, the thing is, he's one of those who's too smart for his own good. Which is why I think the casting of Rain Wilson was perfect for it. Agreed. Because literally he is alien Dwight Schrute from the office. If if this this alien could easily sell paper and try to be the assistant to the man, assistant to the regional manager, mm. but as but let's face it, when his clones are stupid. Oh yeah, because. The only one they suspect is wrong is the missing link. They are fine with both Bob and Dr. Cockroach <laughs> pretending right. to be clones. Hail Galaxar. Uh, uh, it's his villainy. His villainy is very weak and yet it works here. It does. He's, it's not like some villains. I mean, you're not meant to take this guy seriously. He's meant to be the guy who sends, he's kind of like syndrome, except not, sadistic yeah not actually crazy it's just oh i'm an alien yeah that's it i've already killed my entire planet yeah and i'm just gonna kill this planet too i'm just gonna go gonna go about the slowest possible way i'm 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 villain for the sake of being villain and i'm fine with that in this story right uh but honestly i don't know how well that works even in 2009 when you're talking about villainous characters yeah but i still enjoy him for his the stupidity of his character agreed i was debating between going between him and bob as my favorite character in this movie because mm. i like bob too because bob is stupid yeah and he you you can just count on bob to say the dumbest thing in the in that context and i think i just decided i much preferred the villain being stupid than a hero being stupid so mm. That's why I went that way. So what okay. is your third like? My third like would be, it's everything the president does. Is, is, it's I don't know why I'd be like, I just, I enjoyed that performance. And I'm forgetting his name for a second. The actor. I Her Excellency, say, the Reverend Sir Dr. Stephen Tyrone Mostef Colbert, DFA, heavyweight champion of the world, asterisk, featuring Flo Rida, La Première Dame de France. Colbert. <laughs> Stephen Colbert. Uh, Stephen Colbert. Stephen Colbert. I'm sorry, you left that wide open. <laughs> I did. I did. I mean, like, that was very good. That was very good. Uh, Stephen Colbert's performance as the president, this over-the-top, dumber-than-a-brick president <laughs> who is, it's like, oh, we got a situation. Someone figure out something we can do. Like, the, ooh, there's so, I'm, I'm not going to go there. Not going there. Um. Uh, I had a thought pop in my head. It's like, nope, not going there. Nah. All right. So ask me later. Okay. Uh, all right. So we get, we get the end of the movie. The president's like, oh, I'm a hero. And so the, the two red buttons situation. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And the word like, oh, I'm going to come Joe. Pluck. Wrong button. Yeah. 
and his line it's like okay i'm gonna go down the uh the bunker and who wants to freeze my head yeah i was like okay that's that was funny that was very funny so that is my number three is the president's well sure goofiness of an idiot character well it's funny you mentioned that as your third like because I'm going to use that character as my first dislike. Okay. Because here's the thing. I watched the Colbert Report back during the Bush presidency. Okay. And boy, did they have fun with that. Oh, yeah. And I can tell his, they were, they, their thought was, let's make a president who is incredibly stupid, much like all, all us liberals think George Bush, just because he sounds like He's that. a tech. He's a Texan. He's a Texan, and he talks like a Texan. He's a little. He talked a little more hickish than we do, right? But I've talked to people who sound worse than that, who are some of the wisest people I know. So, right. I just realized that doesn't sound like the compliment I intended. It no, to. and but well, let's move on. Yeah, let's move on. The thing is, I watched all that during Colbert's time, and 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 through some of the Barack Obama uh, presidency too. Mm-hmm. I don't think they used him to his fullest extent as an actor. Yeah. Because in some ways, I want to see him being Colbert. But we're not seeing Colbert. We're seeing this President Hathaway, which is technically his last name, even though the name's not said. And he's this President Hathaway is actually dumber than the character Stephen Colbert on the Colbert Report. Spoiler alert. That is an act. (laughs) If you did not know, that is an act. And that, I think that's still the same act that's going on on the late on the Tonight Show. Is it Tonight Show or Late Night Show? Late Night Show. Late Night Show. I could be wrong. I've not watched the Late Night Show because, honestly, I got tired of politics. And even laughing at politics wasn't funny anymore. Yeah. But, 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 I just don't think they use Stephen Colbert to his full capabilities here. I think it's like... Who can we get to play a funny Republican president? Stephen Colbert. And then it's like, instead of letting him actually be be uh, himself, mm-hmm. I'm not saying I want the character to be President Colbert or something right. like that, but instead of him letting him be his full comedic self that he was on the, on the Colbert Report and his time on The Daily Show, his acting seems so stilted and agree strangely fake. Yeah, I would agree. It, it, what it was is I wanted Colbert and I didn't get Colbert. Yeah, that's you got my f- cold bear. Pretty much, I got, and that's why this is my first dislike. Is I remember la- loving or not loving, but I mean I remember enjoying watching the Colbert Report back during this time. Yeah, when this came out, and I did not enjoy this. I think either time as much as I enjoyed the Colbert Report. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's just my thought there. Okay. What's your first dislike? <laughs> Get ready for this one. All right. So I've actually been looking forward to the section. Okay, awesome. Because I'm curious of your unbridled thoughts. Oh. Uh, as long as you the, don't say a dirty word. No, the the stinking facial expressions. Oh my word. <laughs> that is nightmare fuel. Oh my word. The art style yeah. is much to be desired. Yes. Okay, I, I do understand they were going for the 3D effect. I understand. But we don't need the face right here and, like, the biggest eyeballs in the world. I'm like, 
what the heck? I'm because cr- let me hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay, okay. I want to. I I just want to clarify. Get a okay. Clarification. Are these the facial expressions on the monsters, the aliens, or the humans? The humans. Thank you. I agree with you completely. <laughs> yes. The, let me, it, let, works let me on, it works on everybody else, but the humans. Good oh, night. Good night. Oh, really? Like I said before, Although it's nightmare I, fuel. It's I so do, terrifying. I do have a defense in art style when you get done. Right. The because I know what they were doing. Yeah, I I understand what they were doing. It was the kind of like almost gave everybody a bobblehead kind well, of effect in a way. To, what to me it was. What I think they were actually doing was trying to match the art style of the late 70s, early 80s political cartoons. That does make sense. Where they look human, but they actually just look like somebody drew a snot bubble and called it a human. <laughs> you know much. what I mean? It's like, yes, I completely I don't, understand. I never considered those political cartoons good art. Right. Not because of what they were saying, but because it looked like somebody just sketch something and send it to the printer yeah well there's the fact to be like you have this enormous heads enormous yes. heads that are way out of proportion for the body you have every character has these huge eyes that are mm. way out of proportion and and the, 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 the only, skin tone and this the, oh gosh and thankfully they at least worked on it with ginormica because when she is in ginormica form i don't think this is true at the beginning of the film okay but after she's Giant, I think it works a little better with her. Eh. A little better because they recognize yep, little because they recognize they had to make toys out of her. Yeah, <laughs> but admittedly, at the beginning of the film, when she's prepping for the wedding, I'm going, Yeah, exactly. You... Oh my gosh, be like, Did you fully render these characters yet before you decided to go to print? They should have. Yeah, it's like I, the and that's, I, and that's the thing. Uh, go, go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. The the fact would be like you have such detail and skin tone, mm-hmm. like skin tone and lighting and all that, and it just throws every like the facial expressions are all over exaggerated with like everything you can see in my mouth right now. <laughs> be like that's how they talk. Like everything yeah. is over exaggerated, <laughs> and it's just like it drove me nuts. Like every human character. Like, mm-hmm. you can even probably go into, like, a Missing Link, which I don't understand. Be like, he's a fish, half monkey. How is that a Missing Link? That's not a Missing Link. Well, if you that, believe... That's a mutation. <laughs> no, 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 no. Evolution. Gotta remember, technically, we came from the fish. Technically. And then they, the fish became amphibians. The amphibians then became reptiles oh. and then the mammals somehow came from the reptiles that's the part that confuses me it's yeah. like how did you get mammals from reptiles but anyway yeah e- either way like evolution to me i, I, don't, I don't i don't understand I, it I, I don't believe in it yeah, I'm, same here i'm a creationist yeah exactly so, so be like that that kind of kind of was like wait a minute you're just the the uh the what is the the uh sorry i'm drawing a blank the uh the universal monster the creature from the Black Lagoon? Yeah, that's what I kept thinking. Like, the entire time. I was like, okay, this is the, you know, the creature from the Black Lagoon. But, nope, it's not. It's like, okay, this is weird. Oh, but, it, it might as well, because you can tell he's just kind of a fish monster. Yeah, he's a fish monster. That's that all you could have gone with. And yeah. It would have made more sense instead of the missing link. Well, that's the thing. If he was more like uh, a Yeti. Yeah, that would have made more sense. Or Bigfoot. 
Yeah. Bigfoot would even make sense because that's everyone knows who Bigfoot is. Yeah. You look at this guy and you think, oh, he's a fish monster. Yeah. No, he's the missing link. Huh? That doesn't look human at all. But okay. But either way, either way, the, oh, be like, okay, so you, like, my first light was the opening sequence. Mm -hmm. And then you pull right into Susan's face. Yes. It's like, oh, dear Lord. Get it away! Get it away! Get it away! And I just—I am—I am so freaking out. It's like, oh my gosh, the art style of this thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, my which, Lanta, this is freaky. Which, if you are fine with me moving into my second dislike, go ahead. This is a perfect segue. Okay. The 3D—the fact that you can tell throughout this entire movie it was intended to be seen with 3D glasses on. Yeah. Now, granted. Quick defense on that. The 3D here is similar to B-movie style 3D, where they literally have the things coming at you from the, uh, from the screen. You'll never believe it's not there. It's like, yeah, I can tell it's fake, and I'm watching it in 2D, so it looks even worse. <laughs> Granted, I appreciate they kind of were doing B-movie stuff here, too, with the 3D. Right. At the same time, oh, my word, was so much of that annoying. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ball scene, uh, the the pink, the the ball thing at the very the very beginning when they're in the, the pinball, just and it's going outside the letterbox thing. It's like no, don't do that. <laughs> no, you're. I'm not a person who gets immersed into movies, but I expect the movies to stay in their frame. <laughs> Unless you're a character who comes out of frame. Or is a, if you can breaks make, the fourth wall. I understand that. If you're breaking the fourth wall, sure. This was not that. No. <laughs> like, granted, this was during the, the hype of, like, after Avatar. Right. So this everybody was, had to do 3D. Everyone was doing 3D. And admittedly, generally, computer animated films did 3D better. Yeah. I don't remember if I saw this in 3D. Mm. I'm betting I did not. But at the same time, I can't imagine I would have enjoyed this kind of 3D because yeah. I did not enjoy this kind of 3D with other 3D films. Yeah. Mainly thinking of Oz the Great and Powerful from Disney. Hmm. But uh, it's neither here nor there. Uh, I just, I'm not a fan of 3 period. I've seen, don't get me wrong, I enjoyed Avatar. I think they did 3D well there. Yeah. The thing with 3D is if it's done right, you don't notice it. Yeah. It's just like, you notice it for me a short second, you go, oh yeah, it does kind of feel like I'm there. And then you get into the movie, you're paying attention to the beat. Yeah. You're not there. You kind of know you're not there, at least for me, because I'm looking around going, why does the image stop <laughs> at the side of the screen? Oh, it's because it doesn't actually go over there. I'm sorry. 3D doesn't work for me. I and I just don't like the 3D here. Yeah. I just... Don't. And admittedly, I'm not watching it in 3D. I'm watching it in 2D. But because they expect you to watch it in 3D, you can see all the little effects that were obviously 3D because, oh no, the thing is taking up half the screen because that's the only way they could get it five feet from your face. It annoys me. Yes. And I think that has been a stain on animated movies from this era gotcha. that we will never, ever truly get away from at least with the newer stuff even that's in these same franchises we don't run into this 
And at least the thing, this is the worst DreamWorks ever got with it, where it was like that. Mm. Like I said, I can kind of sort of forgive it with this one because it was a B-movie style 3D movie. Yeah. But I still don't like it. Anyway, what's your second dislike? Okay, my second dislike. All right, going back to the absolutely horrendous facial expressions and how they rendered faces. The backgrounds. The backgrounds backgrounds? look... Huh? What backgrounds? There was no backgrounds in this movie. Not worth talking about. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Nearly every background was a skybox. Pretty much. Maybe you would see a little town in the back. But it's very obviously painted on the sky. There was no background in this movie. There were walls that would come up almost out of nowhere and would... Yeah. So what There were no backgrounds in the movie. Pretty much. So what I'm referring to is when Susan and her ding-dong-gonna-be-husband didn't have... Derek. Derek, thank you. Derek, so they're sitting in this this portico or whatever, and the background, like, all the backgrounds look like they're, like, almost maybe, like, 80% done, and all it is is it's slightly blurred, and it's just so ugly. Like, the backgrounds of the movie are so stinking just horrendously terrible they're 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 rent they're barely rendered mm-hmm. like they're focusing more on like yeah i understand you want to focus on the characters i understand that right. and since but they were you, thinking you need of to this... focus on the background as well right. and not just make it some blurry image that looks I, terrible i think some part of that is like I said earlier, they were thinking of a three making this was a three D movie. Oh yeah. Absolutely. They were thinking in that context. And so they were thinking the background needs to have a use cinematic photography terms here. Mm-hmm. The background needs to be out of focus because it's on a different depth of field yeah, it's on a different than one. the current. Granite you have that normally in normal two-dimensional movies. I think they overblow it here. Yeah, they do. But they were going for such a minimalistic style with these backgrounds to some degree. It's almost not worth it. What little backgrounds we do get. Yeah. There are, there are sets in this movie, but they don't feel like they're alive sets. No, they don't. Until you get to Galaxar's spaceship and even then, that's just because it's looking spacey. Yeah. Every every other, outside of San Francisco, every other outside shot in this film is out in the country somewhere. Yeah. where And somehow there's not a city around for hundreds of miles. There's n- almost, almost no sign of civilization except for the one little <laughs> gas station she's going to sit on. And this is in the San Francisco Bay Area. Yeah. Now, granted, I have never been anywhere near Modesto, California. I do not know what it looks like. Yeah. And I can kind of sort of forgive it if they were trying to go for that 50s era look. And perhaps Modesto, California in the 50s was in the country. I don't know. At the same time, I'm looking at it and going... Where are you? Because yeah. you look like you're in the middle of nowhere in Southern California. Yeah. So my second argument would be the lack of backgrounds, the lack of movement in back. Uh, let's just throw up, like throw up a, a sheet that has something resembling something in the background 
to... So like, you mean like in that one section of Duck Amuck? Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Except the that scene actually looked good. These even the one don't. that was even the one that was drawn by the little obviously by the little kid looked yeah. better than these. Yes, I agree. Now you you go to the uh, when they're stomping through San Francisco, that looks good. That that looked fairly decent. And it, an, it was, in, an interesting part of that, as a bit of trivia, they what they did was they had uh, one of their the animation for Ginormica. In yeah, there. they filmed. Like the secretary or some someone that was on set, right? Running through this miniature city, yeah, to handle the animation for that section. I thought, okay, that's cool. That, yeah, that's that was actually, clever. You actually are making this work like it's model work. Yeah, I appreciate that. That was good. I agree with that. But San Francisco, that San Francisco section is five minutes. Yeah, and you don't go back there. Yeah. Ever. Once they're off the Golden Gate Bridge, you're back in Plain Town. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Agreed. So, what is your number? Insectosaurus abilities. Thank you. I am a. I love Tokusatsu, of which the kaiju movie is a subset of. Yes. And obviously, Insectosaurus is a kaiju. Yes. Type monster. Mm-hmm. The problem is, throughout ninety percent. Of this movie, Insectosaurus is completely unnecessary. Waste Does of space. Does not even have to. You get a couple funny shots where it's staring at the light, so it not fly, not not try to come off the little thing, so they can transport it halfway across the country, and you get the thing where it gets to be the savior when it attacks the ship at the end after it's turned into a giant butterfly monster, and you get the part where they fly off on it towards a. Uh, uh, as Cargantua, which might, might have been more interesting to see. Yeah. But Insectosaurus did not need to be in this movie. Agreed. For what he did. It is. Whatever. Did not need to be in this movie. And as a kaiju fan, and 90% of that is because Ginormica is there. Yeah. I expect... Okay. I grew up watching Power Rangers. Yeah. I know what should be happening when two giant creatures on the same side of a fight are on screen at the same time. They yeah. are working together to take out the other the yeah. villains. Half the time, Insectosaurus is not even there. Yeah. Insectosaurus is knocked out right before uh she could have he could have been of any help fighting the the aliens. And admittedly, that meant we did get the moth, the full Mothra reference. Yeah. But it's literally, uh, if you'll pardon the phrase, a, uh, a kaiju ex machina is the entire pretty, point of pretty Insectosaurus. Much. Pretty much. Just comes in, saves the day because they honestly couldn't come up with a way to make it work otherwise. Mm. And then they made scenes to fit in the rest of the movie so they could show off Insectosaurus. Yeah, that's it. And as I was doing some reading because I was curious... Insectosaurus leaves like a part way through this mm. and Bob ends up being the missing link really takes over that role because they couldn't figure out a thing to do with the That's character. That's my guess. It's like, how do you not, I, I recognize the character cannot talk and the only person who can understand him is link. Yeah. But you know, who was able to handle that essential problem much better guardians of the, the galaxy. galaxy. 
Groot yes. only ever says, I am, am Groot. Groot. And in the beginning, the only character who can understand what he's actually saying is Rocket. And they just had him, much like Link was doing here, they just had him uh, answer, yeah. answer Groot in normal English and say it in such a way where you can understand precisely what Groot says. C-3PO does the, did the same for R2-D2 yes. in the original trilogy. Yes. That is how you handle that character. They had a couple of random jokes every once in a while to remind you that Link can actually understand what uh, Insectosaurus is saying. Yeah. And then they forget about it. It's like they don't even bring him in just so they can do the bit at the end. You know how you could handle that better? Just don't bring Insectosaurus until the very end. Yeah. Have have the uh, in the middle of the fight, have the alien spaceship shoot a ray beam that causes Insectosaurus to grow and they just, and he decides to help. That would have been a better use of Insectosaurus. Agreed. Here it's completely unnecessary. I'm sorry. I hate that. I have to say it that way, but Insectosaurus could have been completely left out of this movie and it wouldn't have changed. Yeah. Because they could have found another way to get off that, that ship without without Insectosaurus. Yeah, that, that perfectly ties in my number three is waste of time mm -hmm. when it comes to character. One, we know nothing about the character, except he was a little bug that got zapped by radiation and now he's a enormous bug that does nothing. Apparently. That we never does. see him do nothing. His introduction is like... A microsecond. Yeah. He, he walks he in, comes roars. In, roars, and then everyone leaves and goes to their cages. Yeah. What was the point of any of that? Yeah. Like, there were... I mean, you do get the one visual gag where it drops the bit of slop there at the beginning. Yeah. You think, oh, that's prison. And then later on you realize, no, that's not prison food. That's Insectosaurus food. They just don't know what... Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, my... Just... It's it's the biggest be like like you say it's a it's a kaiju reference. You could have not used well. It's not it's not utilized at all. It's the simple fact be like you have this enormous monster mm -hmm. that can't do anything. Because that's the thing, Doctor Cockroach. They use that reference pretty well. Bob as the Blob. They that reference is used yeah. well. Missing Link. I don't really like the character that much, but for the most part. He's a smart fish monster. Yeah. You know what? I can work with it. He's an old, he's an old, I can look at him as like Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. That's pretty much all the character is, but you know, I can work with it. He's yeah. pretty much useless, but at least he's, can get in a jab every now and then. Yeah. Uh, the bug? No. But Insectosaurus? That, the entire, I feel like the a large portion of the point he's there. Is for that one scene at the party after they've scared everybody else off and Link shouts up to him. Uh, dude, I love your dance moves, or something like that. Yeah. And you get this wide shot of Insectosaurus just going, just moving slightly to yeah. the beat. It's like that's funny and all, but it's completely unnecessary. Yeah, it's how it's basically how can we put interject this yeah. character in any? And it's just and that's the thing. He's a freaking who, kaiju character. You talk to anybody who enjoys Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Who will they say their favorite character is? Groot. Groot. We don't know Groot. We don't understand what Groot's saying, except somehow we do. Yeah. Because we feel he is a living, breathing, intelligent exactly. character. Insectosaurus is a big dumb bug. Is nothing. Yeah. He's 
Just a bug. That's there's it. nothing in there makes me feel like he is even aware of his surroundings. Yeah, there's we get to really investment in the character. Yeah, be like when when I watch the original Godzilla, it's at least yeah, I can you get, can tell he's intelligent. Yeah, exactly. He's actually thinking about stuff. He's learning. Insectosaurus. It's like ooh, pretty light. Yeah. It's like it's oh, like really really. It's it's so. I, mean, I can kind of work with that, but at the same time, if he's intelligent, he should know not to step off the platform. Yeah, like the, the, one of the more simple solutions to be like, okay, like you have a bug that got radiated. It's like make him to a big, enormous, like capable yes. bug. Make him actually help. Yeah, exactly. Can you imagine if he actually did something besides just almost destroy the Golden Gate Bridge before it was time? Yeah, or literally when, just, he just slams against the bridge. That's, right, all, that's he does. all he does. It's like you have no reason to be here. Exactly. You are useless. You are more useless than putties on Power Rangers. Yeah, exactly. And that's saying something. Wow, that is saying something. Oh, ay, 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 ay. Speaking of that, sheesh. It's it's the biggest waste of an asset when it comes to... It could have been done so well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You could have had this be like, it could have been not a lizard because you get in trouble. Make, and like, the fact that you go with the more Mothra reference, I thought was interesting. Yeah, I thought that was a very interesting idea. But it's we we see him, and then he's here, then he's here, and then he's cocooned, which is obviously he's cocooned. Yes, everyone and, knew it when they saw. It's like, oh, he's going to be a butterfly. Yeah, pretty much. And it's just like we all knew it. Yeah, it, it knew it was coming. But it was, it's like really you like this character could have been something grander. Mm-hmm. Instead of the big-eyed, stupid character it is. Yeah. With no point whatsoever. It's the... It's well, like, I mean, he probably made a good plush. Yeah, probably. When it came to designing the toys. Probably. But still, the character was created because they needed a kaiju ex machina. Yeah, and they could have... get them off the, get off the alien ship before it blew up. Yeah, exactly. That's the entire point of the character, and that's just not gated. No. For even something as silly as a kid's. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You still need a decent for every character to, because that's the thing. You actually watch B movie instead of just looking at the good ones, the really good ones. Every character has a reason for being there. Yeah, and you actually can understand even if it is a big dumb, not big dumb beast, but a giant beast. You understand its motives. Yeah, I don't understand insectosaurus no. at all. I can't even tell you it has motives other than it likes hanging out with Link. Yeah, and even then. It's kind of up in the air. And it's, it's like, oh, a, he oh he knows how to, his, his tickle spot. Maybe. Maybe. Anyway. That's it. Uh, let's get into our final thoughts on okay. this thing. Oh, wow. Okay. I, re- I had positive thoughts when I put this movie on the list. Because I don't really put a movie on the list unless I kind of think either A, I enjoy the movie, or B, I yeah. think we can have fun with it. I really put this on the list because I thought this would be a fun one. And I was disappointed with this movie. <laughs> And I kind of knew it from the minute I put the, the disc into and you saw the stupidest Blu-ray mo- menu I think I've ever watched. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, this is going to be bad. Don't tell me this is going to be bad. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm giving it a six. I want it. It's got potential. It could have been so good. Mm-hmm. And it's just not good. Yeah. What rating are you giving? Oh, you actually went lower. Yeah. I expected you to actually go lower, actually. Yeah, but I didn't expect four point five. That's I think that's 
the lowest rating we've given something. Yeah, I think so. I think so. We have to go e- back and check it. Because mm. even Grave of the Fireflies, which you absolutely hated. Yeah. You didn't rate that low. No, I didn't. <laughs> this was just... Like like you said, it had so much potential as a film. Uh-huh. But like you had... I mean, like it. I'd be like, it comes in and just like, oh, just like I. I had a gag reflex watching this. Mm-hmm. Like all the human characters, like, oh my, I need to breathe because I'm getting grossed out here. Yeah, and just oh, just the almost pure laziness of this film, mm-hmm. and it had some great talent behind it, some yes. really good talent behind it, and there was a lot of potential they could have used with that. But it was completely utterly wasted. Yeah, I agree. And I hated this movie. I honestly I hated it. It was like watch it was like watching a train wreck that could have, you know, been prevented and made into a very good film, but yet they didn't. They went shortcuts and just made it stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I understand you're trying to make a comedy, but you're making and a, a B really, movie at a that. B movie, but you're making it stupid. Really idiotic mm-hmm. B movie. I know traditionally we think of B movies as bad movies. Yeah, but if you, because I mean, let's face it, that's the entire reason Mystery Science Theater three thousand and riffs is to make fun of them. Right. But generally, what they make fun of is not the fact that it's bad. Right. They make fun of the fact of how goofy and ridiculous some of this. Yeah. Is. Yes, there is some bad stuff in there, but. This is something I would not even expect them to touch because it's just, it's not the so bad it's good. Yeah. It's just bad. Yeah, it is bad. They were trying to be so bad it's good in some ways because that's the type of movie they're for. But right. They just, they should have made, a, what makes those movies so good is that they actually were trying to make good movies. Yeah. And they just are not that good movie. Yeah. But yet you still like them for it. This was trying to be a bad movie and trying to be a funny bad movie, and it or no, it, 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 it goes for this bar up here for being like a, no, no, no. a, a bad movie. Yeah, it goes way down there. Oh yeah, it is. It's a terrible movie. This could have been so much better. And sadly, I don't know if I'd consider this uh, DreamWorks is worst. Oh wow, I can't think right. There is something I remember being worse than this that yeah. DreamWorks put out. I can't think of what it is right now. Yeah. But this is that yeah, this almost feels like it's a different studio than Kung Fu Panda and Yeah, it uh, does. How to Train Your Dragon and yeah. even Shrek. I'm not a big fan of Shrek just cuz I don't like that style of comedy and yeah. I, I'm not a fan of Michael Myers. But even that is a better movie than this is. I, I for I, me. I, I would say this. a better story. Yeah, I would say this. The The fact to be like, I loved Shrek. I loved Shrek 2. Mm-hmm. I hated Shrek 3. Oh, Shrek wouldn't. 3 was terrible. Yeah, I agree with you. That, that That is a high compliment to Shrek 3. When Monsters vs. Aliens is a much better, is a worse film than you are. Mm-hmm. Be like, that's saying something. Yes. Oh, I know what it was, and it's not technically Dream, though. Never mind. Mm. I was thinking, actually, of an Aardman movie over here. Oh, okay. So we won't go there. No, but at the same time, be like, it's it's that. Be like, I understand where they were going, mm-hmm. but it was it went here. here. Be like, here's where you want to be. This is where you went. Way, way, way down to the bottom of the pit. All right. Just how bad this movie is. Uh, would I recommend it? No. 
unless you're watching it with a bunch of friends. Yeah, exactly. If you're you know, if you, you, if you go into this film and you go into it knowing this is going to be not as good as you want it to be. Oh yeah. Yeah, kind of a kind of a very quick side note. Uh went to Germany a couple of years ago for a mission trip and uh one of the girls who came along was part of the team brought Twilight. <laughs> and we just you know ripped what? on it the entire time. You know, I I was just thinking Am I? Do I have the guts to make the claim that Twilight was better than this? Oh my! Gosh. And I realized I don't have to have the guts to make that claim because this is still a better movie than Twilight. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh! Uh, I, 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 I. I. <laughs> Ooh, uh, it's definitely a better love story than Twilight. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Oh, sweet mother. Anyway, that brings us to the end of our our episode. Normally, at this point, we would roll for our next movie. But the problem is, Monsters vs. Aliens took up four slots Uh when everything was said and done. Uh, Right behind it, already in the process of mutating was the only other movie on our list, which was Dragon Ball Z, the The dead Dead zone. So we're just going to go ahead and put that movie out of its misery and do it next week. Yeah. So at the end of our next episode, we will be filling out the bracket or the dice with Mm -hmm. all new movies. Yes. So keep an eye out for that when we get there. So we'll be watching Dragon Ball Z, Z, the dead zone. All right. I'll watch it and get it to you. Good deal. All right. Come, Jacob. We must prepare for next week. Prepare for what, Drew? Same thing we do every week, Jacob. Record a podcast. Oh, boy. So where can they find you, Jacob? They can find me on Facebook at Jacob B. Heron and Jacob's Daily Art Corner, my personal art Facebook page. On Twitter at Jacob B. Heron. On Instagram at Jacob B. Heron. And on Letterboxd at Jacob Heron. Where can they find you, Drew? Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Drew Dodgen. You can also find my Facebook page at Drew's Photo Bin, where I upload uh, my photography. You can also follow me on Letterboxd at GGeorge759 and Twitter at GGeorge759. Where can they find us, Jacob? You can also visit our website, thecellcast.podbean.com, where you will find every episode we released and links to listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher, our RSS feed. If we aren't in your favorite podcast app directory, please share, review, and subscribe to us there and share us with your friends. You will also find a link to our Facebook group, the Double Feature Podcast Community, where we talk about both animated and live-action movies. We share this with our other podcasts, which we do with Jacob's brother Jim, at uh, the Movie of the Week podcast, where we talk about live-action movies. You can also email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. Also, please like our page on Facebook. We try to post about upcoming movies. If you comment on that movie's post before we record, we'll read your comments in the episode. And remember, every time we say The Cellcast, that is with a single L. L.